0: Moncrief on News Talk. 53106 for your text or email afternoon at NewsTalk.com. It is time now for Tell Me Why. And as with every week, Graeme Finlay joins us on News Talk to answer a question that has perplexed our listeners. Today's question is Why do most babies have no teeth? Graeme, good afternoon. How are you today?
1: Good afternoon. I'm very good.
0: I would have imagined that the question is more Why do some babies have teeth at all?
1: Well, I mean, you know, to be fair to the questioner, um, you know, it is, there's a reason why babies are born without teeth, as I think any nursing mother will tell you, uh, which is as, by definition, mammals, uh, which is the relevant thing here, um, you know, are defined by suckling at the breast. And so teeth would really be an impediment to that. But it's a little more complicated than that, because uh, one in 2,000 babies, roughly, are born with teeth. Almost always the two middle bottom teeth, but then sometimes the two middle top teeth. But one tooth is is most common if you're born with a uh, natal teeth as they're called. But two and two is quite rare, actually.
0: Okay, and is that a problem? Will that be a worry? Is it a risk or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I, you know, people tend to sort of freak out, I suppose, if if they see that. Uh, but it's it's it is a bit of a risk, but you, people shouldn't worry unduly. So. Uh, you get various kinds of teeth. Um, if you're born with teeth, um, you get ones which are proper teeth, which have roots and you know are really set in there. Um, and they, those could be you know teeth which have broken through, or they could just be fully formed teeth. That, uh, but they're they're going to be the child's teeth for the you know the first few months of of their life. But some of these teeth are very loose and and don't have really strong roots at all. And so there's a bit of a concern there in that they can fall out and then the child can choke on them. Uh, And this is actually true of um, a lot of this is sort of an abnormal and and potentially dangerous form of what happens to your cat or dog, who are also um, sometimes born with natal teeth, but um, usually have the same process which human beings do, which is their teeth come in somewhat, in fact, much quicker than human beings do. But um, they tend to swallow their teeth as they lose them, as opposed to putting them out for the tooth fairy. So that's a bit of a concern. There also can be concerns about discomfort in in breastfeeding and so forth. And if there's a real problem, people tend to to have them removed, especially if they're really loose, just because that can cause the the child some pain and 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 problems.
0: Right. But well, basically, we are we are mammals, and the dominant rule is that we're we're born without visible teeth. So if there are teeth, it's how rare would it be?
1: It's a one in two thousand people, but then to have both have two uh, teeth, which you're born with, is, is considerably rarer, and to be born with a molar is extremely rare. Uh, so now there are some people who are more prone to that. Um, um, various conditions seem to lead to people being born with teeth. Um, the most um, common one is cleft palate. Uh, which uh, which can lead to people being born with teeth, uh, but also it seems to be genetic. Uh, in to some degree, people usually have some kind of family history of people being born with teeth. There also, and it seems like more women than men, or girls than boys, are born with born with teeth. And then this is something which has been noticed by a lot of cultures. And so, um, you know, some cultures, like the Chinese culture, see it as a really a bad sign and, and that the person might be some kind of monster, whereas the Malaysians see it as a really good stroke of fortune. And one of the more, more bizarre uh, passages referring to this is in, Richard, sorry, in Henry VI. Where Richard III is said by Henry VI, who he's talking to, to have been born with teeth, teeth to show that he came in to bite the world. Um, in the middle of this speech, uh, Richard III stabs Henry VI, uh, preventing us from hearing more of his views about uh, Richard III's teeth. And he, um, but Richard III goes on to say that you know it showed that he he was born to play the dog. So uh, that's. Uh, <laughs> You know, that's, that's the, um, the English version of the superstition, and it also a tradition about Richard III, uh, which is seen as, as sort of being destined to conquer the world, uh, which Richard III may have briefly done.
0: People find uh, a mystery pretty much everywhere, don't they? When You know, a child with teeth. <laughs> what? It's a sign! It's a sign! What's he going to do? And you have to say, Shakespeare is good on this. He shall snarl and bite and play the dog.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's, um, I mean, it, it really does get you at, I mean, there think there's something sort of slightly disconcerting about his portrayal of Richard the which is a fascinating one over a couple of plays. But, you know, part of this is, you know, how he's sort of unnatural. And so there's really a, a bit of a, a, of a suspicion of babies born with teeth, which um, Shakespeare was just taking from the society around him. Uh, you know, again, you know, the midwife wondered and the women cried, Oh, Jesus, bless us, he is born with teeth. <laughs> uh, and and so, Richard III sort of channels this this impression people have of him because he has has a hunch and and various other things and and sort of channels this into you know, a very complex relationship to his own incredible yep. violence and so forth. But, but you know, it, it, it shows that, you know, these, these occurrences are uncanny, but I think it maybe relates to all of our experience, if you've had a child, of all babies are just weird, and you, you're looking to them for every kind of sign that there's something wrong or they're, they're, they're different in some yes. kind of way, whereas the variation is extraordinary.
0: It really is. Um, other question for you then is, why are some babies born with a lot of hair?
1: Well, that's it. Well, we, we grow hair pretty early on. And again, people are sometimes either delighted by their babies having, say, a full head of hair, right? Or um, worried if their babies don't have a full head of hair. Now, the full head of hair is pretty uncommon. But hair develops throughout the pregnancy, uh, and in fact, they, you start to develop the hair follicles at 14 weeks, um, and by the time you're born, you have all the hair follicles you're going to have for the rest of your life, um, which you know can be disconcerting um, if you if you were thinking about these things when you're a few months old, when you. Even if you have a full head of hair, you start to lose it very rapidly in some cases. Yeah. So most babies that are is... going to be lose, lose all their hair in the first few months, um, and they'd have a yeah. complex if they were able to, to relate to their particular hair in that particular way. Yeah. But um, some babies, especially babies who are born uh, prematurely, are, are born with the lanugo, which is the, the body hair, which um, you may have seen on some oh, babies. Dear. Which, um, especially premature babies, but it's it's there to protect the babies in, in the womb uh, against you know some of they think against some of the, the, the chemicals which might be in the amniotic fluid. Um, but you know the hair on your head is completely different, and uh, that actually is the hair pattern you're going to have for the rest of your life, uh, and and um, it has often a very dark color because melanin starts uh, creeping in there about twenty three weeks into the pregnancy.
0: Amazing! It's as good as it when you arrive in the world is as good as it gets hair wise for you, really. Um, <laughs> good luck with that. Um, it's all downhill from after- there.
1: And <laughs> the other weird thing is babies can be born with long nails. I mean, the questioner points out, you know, since we have nails and hair, why not teeth, right? And so that yeah. was the sort of longer part of the question. Um, and babies are born with long nails, and and some people who don't cut them have really upset people who've seen pictures of them it's it's not odd, clear maybe maybe it's this general relationship to babies but you know people have very strong relationship r- reactions to babies who, with long nails like really small babies with really long nails um, but babies can be born with very long nails especially babies who are late who arrive late uh, and and so if you don't cut them obviously it, it, it can present some danger to to the child in terms yeah. of scratching themselves. But um, how to cut them, as anybody who has a small child oh. uh, knows, uh, is, is, is really stressful because the, the, it's very easy to cut the baby's skin because it's hard yeah. to determine where the nail ends and the sort of the, the, the platform for the nail uh, begins. And, and, and so some people have advised biting off the nails of your baby if, if that's something you can, you can face.
0: Um, I found this part of, of your notes absolutely fascinating. And it's the idea that we can actually see evolution um, when it comes to our teeth. Um, probably over the course of the last 150 years or so, you, we can see our evolution changing through our teeth.
1: Yeah, the evolution of teeth generally among um, animals altogether is incredibly fascinating. So, I mean, they start off, start off with sort of fish who had sort of scales on their outside, and these hard scales on the outside of, of fish's body started to move inside the, inside the fish, <laughs> and... Uh, you know, start to form teeth. And and they started getting used for teeth-like things like grabbing, passing other fish and things like that. So that's a really, really interesting thing. And then over the course of the evolution of a whole bunch of different animals, you get very different teeth patterns. So fish which um, have teeth, like sharks, have, you know, continuously shed their teeth. You know, the one reason why there's so many sharks' teeth around for you to wear around your neck is that they shed a, a tooth a day and they have a lot of teeth. So, um, so there's just a lot of shark's teeth to go around other, uh, animals and, and maybe particularly mammals, uh, mammals are kind of the exception in this regard, um, are born with uh, baby teeth, uh, and either like rabbits are also born with their permanent teeth. So they lose their baby teeth almost, um, instantly. And, and, and these, I, I like this phrase are called deciduous teeth, just like deciduous trees shed their leaves, um. But most, most of the mammals we're familiar with, like ourselves, um, have baby teeth, which we then shed to let make room for more adult teeth, um, because uh, if we just kept evolution knows what to do, and if we just kept our baby teeth, we'd have all these little tiny teeth in our much larger nice. jaws, and that wouldn't be very efficient. So fast forward um, through the Industrial Revolution, where we, we started eating much more uh, soft food and carbohydrates and things like that, which don't require as much chewing. Our faces and our jaws are getting shorter. And uh, nice. and accordingly, we are, are having, you know, there's not as much room for wisdom teeth. And so in this awkward um, intermediate phase of evolution, which I myself was part of, I had terrible wisdom teeth problems. You know, there's just not there wasn't space for these wisdom teeth because they weren't being worn down the way they had been even in the 18th century or among some traditional groups like Australian aboriginals. Um, and so um, the microevolution seems to be um, nature trying to figure out a way to. You know, there's an advantage to not having wisdom teeth because there's no real space for them in so many of our mouths, right? So, so more and more babies are being born without wisdom teeth. And believe me, I would have chosen to be one of those babies had Who wouldn't? I the option. So, so again, Who wouldn't? I, it's, it's amazing. all down to our habits and our diet, which are really inimical to us keeping the teeth that, that we were given, that we evolved to have back in the veldt and back in the earlier history of our evolution.
0: Right. So there now seems to be, though, a a problem or a conflict between, the I suppose, the suitability of our teeth for purpose at this point, because although teeth in in, uh, fossils seem to be able to last millions of years, most of us can't seem to keep our teeth just for our own lifetime, and uh, orthodontists are making a fortune. So what's going on with, with the modern mouth and our teeth?
1: That's the thing. I mean, there's a marvelous article, which I'll, I'll probably send out, which I'm getting some of this from, from from sort of the world's leading evolutionary dentist. Uh, and and he has studied, you know, and among other people, lots of people are working on this because obviously this concerns us all. But he's, he has spent a lot of time looking at both uh, fossils, uh, including of, of early people. And he's looked at primates and he's, You know, looked at studies from people around the world, and it seems extremely clear that um, like rabbits, uh, you know, and and rodents whose teeth are continuously growing, even though our teeth stop growing at a certain point, rabbits and rodents wear down their teeth by gnawing on things. And if you have a hamster, you'll see them chewing the bars of their cage and so forth. Um, You know, we need to wear our teeth down as well. And I know that sounds counterintuitive. But the old diets we had involved a lot of chewing. And in fact, the reason why mammals selected the the teeth we have and the two-stage process we have of baby teeth, which we lose, and then we have um, larger adult teeth, um, is because we use a lot of energy compared to dinosaurs and to fish and, and lizards and things like that. And so we don't need to just grab stuff with our teeth and swallow it whole. We need to chew it. And we need to chew it very effectively. So all our teeth have to line up and all, there can't be any gaps in our teeth and so forth. And, so, uh, and that way we get all the goodness out of, the, out of whatever we eat. Um, and we, it provides us with the energy to go around doing mammal stuff like develop big brains and things like that. What they've seen in these old fossil record and in traditional groups, again, like Australian Aboriginals or rural farmers um, as opposed to urban uh, uh, people in, in certain parts of India, is their teeth are worn down a whole lot more than the people okay. who are living in cities on soft, carbohydrate-filled diets which wreck the internal uh, bacterial equilibrium in your mouth, leads to a, a much uh, more acidic sort of mouth uh, uh, environment as they, as th- these foods ferment, which leads to plaque, which is a whole bunch of yeah. bacteria swarming your teeth and, and, and eating them basically alive. So wearing down your teeth by chewing bread, which has a lot of um, sort of matter and, and fiber and also maybe yeah. stones in it, or, or just chewing grains, which are, are really tough to chew, paradoxically makes room for all the teeth which uh, you're expected to have, including your wisdom teeth. So um, a lot of our mouth problems stem from a very recent diet, which is playing havoc with our traditional way of organizing our mouth.
0: You have to say, Graeme, that diet is probably unlikely to go away or change dramatically. And therefore, should time travelers come to us from, say, five or six centuries from now, they will have different teeth to us.
1: They will. They, they might. They'll have fewer teeth, which which might be convenient, and and they're going to be. I mean, again, if they're they've been living on Twinkies and you know uh, soft hamburger <laughs> buns for yes. for the last five hundred years, Lord knows what state their teeth is going to be in, are going to be in. I mean, yeah. a lot of the things we do to teeth, and I'm, one advantage I have is that I grew up in a in a city which put a lot of fluoride in the water, and I'm I'm just triggered a storm of fluoride-based debate, I'm sure, by saying this. But it means that I have relatively few cavities, whereas uh, these time travelers from the future, if we keep up our present diet, um, may May have lost the battle against cavities because what fluoride does is it it tries to combat the effects of our diet just as, you know, and again, um, sort of antiseptic mouth rinses try to to fight off certain kinds of bacteria. And all these interventions our interventions into a sort of ongoing battle between good and bad bacteria, which are, are good if they're in balance, but bad if the bad well, bacteria take over. So again, we'll have to see what they end up with. Maybe they'll learn and like they'll start eating does. more fiber.
0: Yeah, they can't get here soon enough for me, I'll tell you. I I have my first question. It'll be show us your teeth. I can't wait to see them. Um, Graeme, thank you very much for joining us today. Fascinating as always. If you have a question for Graeme, email afternoon at newstalk.com. Coming up after the break, we'll be talking about Ireland's relationship with Africa. To mark Africa Day. Moncrief on Newstalk.